0: Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. I'm your host, Mitch Friedman. Ideas have consequences, and every day you're exposed to ideas that promise human flourishing. Our mission here on the Pinocchio Project is to equip you to examine these everyday ideas so that you can determine for yourself whether or not they deliver on their promises. Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. This is your host, Mitch Friedman, joined by Jeff Olson. And a little calendar update for all consumers of the Pinocchio Project. Thank you so much for your regular consumption. Uh, we will be concluding Season 2, Friday, December 2nd, will be the final drop of Season 2 of the Pinocchio Project, and we'll mark the final episode that is audio only. In the uh, first or second week in January, I think it's the ninth, uh, we will begin our video value-added Pinocchio Project installments. So look for that to uh, to drop as we begin Season 3 and add video to our repertoire of amazing expressions. Uh, I'm given to hyperbole, elaborate words here. Uh, speaking of words, I love words— I am a a wordsmith. I love uh, putting sentences and phrases together and paragraphs with all kinds of language, mostly English. And uh, I think that I can trace my love for words and their meaning and their usage uh, back to my early days. Uh, It seems that I stumbled upon Reader's Digest every time I would go into a doctor's or dentist's office. And uh, then the typical uh, staple of reading material at that time, if you remember. You remember Boy's Life? Uh, That was always in the doctor's and dentist's office. I would flip through that. But then I would pick up a Reader's Digest and start thumbing through the Reader's Digest. And I was particularly drawn to a section called, anybody know? Anybody know? Anybody? Anybody? Hmm? Hmm? it pays to increase your word power. And the purpose of this section, it pays to increase your word power, was to help you build a an adequate and even exceptional vocabulary. And the, the arrangement for that section was on the first page of it, they would uh, give you a word and then give you three or four options, multiple choice, different. Uh, defining that word and you had to choose one and then as you flip to the back page uh, it would tell you the proper answer in definition for the word that was offered and so I spent a lot of time uh, in Reader's Digest and I insisted that my parents get a subscription to Reader's Digest which they thought was weird for like a seven eight nine ten year old uh, I really didn't want any part of Reader's Digest except for that section it pays to increase your word power And we live in a day where words are increasing uh, and definitions are increasing, things that we thought uh, could not be redefined or definitions expanded. uh, It seems that there's no end to the expansion of these words. Uh, It kind of reminds me of the proverb in the biblical text in the, the book of Proverbs in chapter 10, I think it's verse 19, about the danger of many words and maybe even many definitions The proverb goes like this, when words are many, transgression is not lacking. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, Uh, which if you take it to its interpretive state, it means that the more words I use, uh, I may be trying to explain something that's unexplainable, and I may be actually transgressing either a moral or civil law by just keeping the words coming out of my mouth. Uh, the same is true, I think, these days when it comes to some of our definitions. Uh, if, if you've been awake for the last minute or two, you've seen that things, uh, words, terms, ideas that uh, seemingly were cemented in concrete in our understanding have been now uh, taken into new frameworks of definition. And I'm thinking specifically. Of how we look at uh, definitions of sex and gender uh, in Western culture now I, I say Western culture because it's absolutely limited to uh, Western culture if you look at at, at the eastern uh, cultures and also uh, look at frameworks of people in what we would call underdeveloped countries they don't have they don 't have the uh, interest and most of them don't have the time they're too busy trying to survive. Uh, they, they don't they don't have the impulse to try to redefine things that for all of the history of mankind and civilization have been set as uh, one constant definition. Uh, so I'm going to look today briefly at uh, where definitions are many. Uh, confusion is not absent. And uh, it actually the confusion is growing because the definitions are growing. So, let's first look from a biblical worldview, which is what we do here on the Pinocchio Project. Uh, We examine ideas that promise human flourishing. And in this context of this discussion, uh, ideas about sex and gender are exploding into promises of flourishing as definitions are expanding. Uh, We take these ideas at the Pinocchio Project, run them through a biblical worldview to determine whether or not they are adding to flourishing or detracting from. And a spoiler alert, Uh, I would offer that our expanded definitions of sex and gender are obviously anti-flourishing. You can look at any demographic and any social uh, metric uh, about how we're doing, especially our young people in this new age of expanding definitions, uh, and you will say this is profoundly anti-flourishing. But from a biblical perspective, uh, sex and gender are inseparable. They're synonymous. Clearly, in our origin story in Genesis chapter one, God gave us uh, as image bearers, and we talked about image uh, over the last couple of uh, podcasts, uh, He gave us a distinct design. Uh, sex and gender are inseparable. And if I am a man in my biology and my physiology, then I am a male in my gender. If I am a female in my biology and physiology, then I am a woman in my gender. I am male and female, and that applies to both men and women, male and female. And distinct physiology and biology indicates my gender, period. And that that has been the, the understanding uh, throughout history, whether or not you ascribe to how the Bible defines sex and gender, that has been the non-viable understanding of, of sex and gender for all of human history up until 10 minutes ago. Uh, and we being smarter than everybody else here in the West and with more time to develop these elite ideas about what it means to be autonomous and self-indicating, uh, we, we have a better idea. Or do we? So what seems to have happened here in this culture of expanding ideas of, of how I want to identify so that I can be my best authentic self is that, that there, is, there is a propagation of definitions that uh, there, there, is no, there is no stop sign, there is no line, there is no boundary this far and no further. It seems as, as, as fertile as my imagination can be uh, about sex and gender and who I want to be regardless of physiology and biology, then I'm free to uh, kind of create a new understanding of sex and gender. So let me prove this point out with the uh, uh, the 2020 publication from PFLAG, if you're not familiar with PFLAG, uh, it is a nonprofit organization that's dedicated uh, to promoting all types of definitions of sex and gender. Uh, and they, they, they actually are due for an update in their name. Did you know that, Jeff? PFLAG actually means founded in 1973, which was really early in this framework of uh, how, to, how to define sex and gender. But in 1973, they were founded. Uh, PFLAG, P-F-L-A-G, uh, was the acronym for Parents, Families, and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. Uh, so, so by definition, where we are today, under their own banner and their glossary, their own vocabulary, they're due for an update of the P flag, and it would be P F L A G B Q plus I A, and then an ellipsis, meaning more to more to follow. Now, before I go on, uh, I want to remind everybody that's a consumer of the Pinocchio Project that we are we are pro image of God. And we are anti-ideas that enslave image bearers. We are pro-everyone because everyone's made the image of God, and we want their flourishing. What we are against are the bad ideas enslaving them and dragging them from flourishing posture into degradation of the image of God in them. Uh, and that happens in a variety of ways. You know, Our sin nature takes us into degradation. Uh, but in this particular lane, Uh, We're discussing the expansion of definitions of sex and gender as PFLAG has uh, produced their glossary with its most recent update in 2020. Uh, So I'm going to give you the ABCs of PFLAG's definitions of sex and gender. I have it on their website here. I pulled it up in a PDF. And the reason I am going to give you just the ABCs is because you're going to be worn out with confusion just in the A the B and the C of this glossary, what begins with letter A, what begins with letter B, and what begins with letter C. I'm now scrolling with my finger uh, all the way through. There's literally 17 pages of glossary definitions that PFLAG has for sex and gender, Uh, 17 pages, where the biblical text tells us that there's male and female, man and woman, based on biology and physiology and purpose and design. We now have 17 pages of definitions from which to choose so that we can identify for ourselves which sex and gender we want to ascribe to. And they could be different, different sex and different gender in the same person. Uh, So let me just go through the ABCs. If you are an AFAB, A-F-A-B, it means that you are an assigned female at birth. AFAB people may or may not identify as female either some or all of the time. The next entry under A is affirmed gender. This is an individual's true gender as opposed to their gender assigned at birth. I don't know if you caught that. An individual's true gender as opposed to their gender assigned at birth. So whatever their biology said and their physiology and their bodily attributes indicated at birth, that is not their true gender. So where is their true gender discovered? In the inner person in their feelings, in their emotions, in the, their, their desires to identify. This term should replace terms like new gender or chosen gender, which imply that an individual's gender was chosen. All right, here's the next one. gender. that's the letter A in front of gender, uh, which if you know from your languages, ah means not. So without gender, ah gender refers to a person who does not identify with any gender. The next term under letter A, I think I'm only going to get through letter A. So I'm just going to get through the letter A. Uh, If you want this glossary for yourself so you can kind of SMH, you can't shake my head. How about SYH? Shake your head and try to get a handle on increasing your word power in this area. It's pflag.org, P-F-L-A-G.org. The next under letter A is ally. A term used to describe someone who is supportive of LGBTQ plus individuals and, and their community, either personally or as an advocate. Allies include both heterosexual and cisgender people who advocate for equality in partnership with LGBTQ plus people, as well as those who are LGBTQ plus who are supportive of other identities within the community. <sighs> Getting tired. I love words. And I know it pays to increase my word power, but does it pay to increase my confusion over things that God has settled long ago? doesn't seem so. It doesn't feel much like flourishing, does it? The next entry, AMAB, A-M-A-B. It's similar to A-M-A-F. Uh, this is acronym meaning assigned male at birth. I'm sorry, AFAB and AMAB are the same. AFAB is assigned female at birth. AMAB is assigned male at birth. AMAB people, that's assigned male at birth, people may or may not identify as male. Some or all of the time. Jeff, when I woke up today, I was okay with being an AMAB. But by noon, I was pretty sure I felt like I wanted to be something else. The good news is, according to this ideology, this set of ideas, is I'm free to do so. And I'm also free to experience the consequences of that confusion. Now, the next under letter A is androgynous. I kind of just got a flash of the script's uh, spelling bee. <laughs> Could you use it in a sentence? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little snarky. I, I don't. I don't mean to be. Again, I, I'm for all image bearers and their flourishing, but I am sarcastically opposed to whatever necessary rhetoric to enslavement. Androgynous. And now, this, is, this does happen in physiology and biology, having elements of both femininity and masculinity. An androgynous individual, whether expressed through sex, gender identity, gender expression, or sexual orientation, is known as an androgyne. Androgyne. I've never said that word before. Uh, so where we would say scientifically and biologically an androgynous person is one who has... Physiological elements of both feminine and masculine traits. Uh, This takes it into the emotional expression and uh, identity. Uh, Aromantic, aromantic, that means without romance, refers to an individual who does not experience romantic attraction, sometimes abbreviated as arrow. Asexual, refers to a person who does not experience sexual attraction. Each asexual person experiences relationships, attraction, and arousal differently. Asexuality is distinct from celibacy or sexual abstinence, which are chosen behaviors, in that asexuality is a sexual orientation that does not necessarily entail either of these behaviors. Now, this comes the closest to what I would call a technical, traditional, scientific, psychological definition. Assigned sex... How many more do I have? Just a few more. The sex that is assigned to an infinite birth based on on the child's visible sex organs, including genitalia and other physical characteristics. We would say that this is a profound correlative or affirmation of the limits of the biblical distinction in creation. Assigned sex equal assigned gender. Uh, It doesn't say that here. The next is assigned gender. The gender that is assigned to an infant birth, which may or may not align with their sex at birth. And we would say this is where the train goes off the rails. Because if I'm, if I'm encouraged to define myself as a gender other than, different than, distinct from my biological gender based on visible physiological traits, then I'm open now to all kinds of confusion. Finally, under A, assumed gender. The gender others assume an individual to be based on the sex and gender they were assigned at birth, as well as apparent social societal gender markers and expectations, such as physical attributes and expressed characteristics. So it pays to increase your word power. Not. Uh, I think it's helpful for us to know these. Otherwise, I wouldn't have uh, used this as a theme and content and source material uh, for the Pinocchio project today. Uh, what I think I want to do in the main is let you know that once you let the, the, I would say, orthodox or commonly historically understood reference points for sex and gender, uh, once, once you violate that, once you open the door and let that horse out of the barn, it will run free and there will be no limit to how many definitions we have to have. And I just talked about the A's. If, if it's up to the individual, Uh, to look inwardly and define as they prefer, even from moment to moment, how they will be identified in sex and gender, we will see the continued confusion, despair, and degrading that comes from violating natural law and the distinctives of creation. So as we close today, I want to remind you that as a redeemed image bearer, if you are a follower of Christ, You are to love image bearers enslaved and stand by to serve them and help them heal as they walk into some of these ways of thinking very blindly uh, because the cultural Kool-Aid is flowing freely and they they take it willingly. But I want you to be standing by to serve them in love and in truth to help them get back to the few words that are required, necessary, and life-giving. Male and female, he created them. Distinct, image-bearing, with beautiful responsibilities under God's authority. For The Pinocchio Project, this is Mitch Friedman signing off. Thanks so much for being with us on The Pinocchio Project today. If this podcast has value for you, please subscribe or follow. Give us a five-star rating and share. If you have an everyday idea you'd like to submit for us to examine, simply email us at PinocchioProjectPod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at PinocchioPod, or you can hit the links in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening, and remember, your everyday ideas have significant consequences.